Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Peter Gabbett Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Timothy Hankst, and today is June 11th, 2020, which means I'm on day 180 in a row of 365 promised episodes that brings you unedited, unscripted, improv, news, movies, music, food, sports, entertainment, and all things except politics. To the Final Fantasy lovers out there, I am with you. An FF7 remake has clearly been the best game of 2020 so far. But what about the timeline of regular Final Fantasy RPGs that ended with Final Fantasy XV in 2016? Are they going to continue? Yes, it looks as though development on Final Fantasy XVI has been underway for quite some time, and they're expected it to be a next-generation RPG for the PS5 and come out sometime in 2022. Now, this is exciting stuff because the PS5 will give them definitely a boost of computer power for the graphics and for the memory and for the expansion of new worlds in the game. Also, they say... You know, a leak has come out saying that they are going to expand upon the fighting style of FF15 with the new changes made for the Final Fantasy VII Remake in Final Fantasy XVI. Therefore, it'll be somewhat of an open world where you can travel from city to city or continent to continent, but you can also fight the old style where you're waiting for each character to get their turn to to battle, and you can also control each character simultaneously in each fight, which would be awesome and would definitely expand upon what they've done with FF7 Remake. Now, I don't know if Final Fantasy VII Remake Part 2 will come out before Final Fantasy XVI, but either way, I expect Part 2 to still be playable on PS4. Because why would they make you buy Final Fantasy VII Remake for PS4, Part 1, and then come out with Part 2 only for PlayStation 5? Because then people who have played a little bit of the game and can't wait for the next piece won't be able to play the next one unless they have an entire new system, which is going to cost a ton of money, upwards to a thousand bucks when it first comes out. So I'm not seeing that coming out for PS5 I believe it'll be playable on PlayStation 4, which is good for me because I'm not the type to be buying more systems at this time. You know, I've got children, I've got a life, I've got a business i got to run. I hardly made an effort to get the Final Fantasy VII Remake, but I had to because, you know, it means a lot to me. Nostalgia-wise, I played it in 1996, the original one, and it was amazing. So I made an exception for that game, which I'll make further exceptions for when they come out with Part 2. But as far as Final Fantasy XVI for PlayStation 5, I won't be playing that because I probably won't have a PS5 until the price gets dropped dramatically a couple years in. So expect, if you're waiting for XVI to come out, to have a PS5 in order to play it. I can't imagine how great the graphics will be. I don't know if there's anyone out there like me, but for some reason, my sinus 
and mouth are interconnected so well that I can eat something and if I cough a little bit or choke, then it'll shoot out of my nose. And that actually happened to me this morning, which is why I'm thinking about it, and reminded me that it does happen to me, like, I'd say, every couple of months, some food that I eat shoots out of my nose, whether I cough or I just breathe in weird while I'm eating, and then I feel something in my sinus, and I blow my nose, and a piece of food shoots out. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? Is there such a major gap in between my nose and mouth that food just travels back and forth whenever it wants? Am I the only person that deals with this? You know, I'm not some long-term cocaine addict who has roasted a giant tunnel into his nasal cavity from his throat or mouth or wherever it even comes from. But this morning, I made my daughter some eggs and waffles, and I took one bite of her eggs, and I, like, bent down to pour some dog food into my dog's dish, and when I did so, somehow a piece of egg traveled into my sinus, and I felt it, and I coughed, and I sneezed a little bit, and a piece of egg shot out of my nose. Now, I don't know how that's possible, but a lot of times this happens to me when I eat pepperoni pizza. And I think it's because the pepperoni is on top of the pizza, I take a bite, and it somehow is going along the roof of my mouth that is connected somehow, some way to my sinus. And all of a sudden I feel something and I blow my nose and a piece of pepperoni comes out. And it hurts. This doesn't feel good. This is not something I enjoy. This is not something I want to happen. But it does happen. And it's ridiculous. So if there's anyone out there like me who somehow gets food moving in and out... Well, not in and out, but just through their mouth into their sinus somehow, some way. And once in a while, it shoots out of their nostril. You know, you are not alone because I hope I'm not alone. If I am, I'm just a freak. Well, I already knew that. But especially now knowing that I'm the only one who has chunks of food shoot out of their sinus when they eat it sometimes. I mean, I, I don't even know what's happening here. And I'm talking about this on a podcast. This is crazy. But I had to do it. And get it off my chest or out of my nose, if you will. And yes, I gotta tell you, it doesn't feel good. As you may know, it looks like the Portland Trailblazers will have their shot at getting into the postseason via an eight-game end-of-the-season run that will begin July 31st, which will easily give the Portland Trailblazers an opportunity to make the Western Conference postseason. However... Some players are still skeptical as to whether or not the areas they play in and practice in and sleep in, specifically in Orlando, will be safe for them from the COVID-19 pandemic. And one of those players is Carmelo Anthony, coming out recently and saying that he's not even sure yet as to whether or not he will be down to play in these eight games because he doesn't have all the details that he requires to find out if, if it's safe for him, if his family's going to be able to be there, you know, if he's needed at all, or if the Portland Trailblazers' entire team will be healthy and ready to go, which will give them the opportunity they deserve to make that postseason spot. Now, I've said this before, returning from injury is Yusuf Nurkic and Zach Collins, two very important pieces 
to the puzzle that is the Portland Trailblazers team, who have been injured for the majority of the season each, and still the Blazers have held on to that ninth spot, giving them just barely a chance to get in to this postseason that they so badly want to get into. Now, I do believe that with those added pieces, the Blazers are much higher at a much higher playable level than they were prior to this when everybody was injured and even Lillard was hurt for a few games and it looked like Carmelo was picking up the slack for a lot of the Portland Trailblazers team. And so I'm not sure why as hard as Melo fought for the Blazers this season, he would even think about the possibility of not playing because we do need him. I'll be the first to admit at the beginning of the year, I thought it was a joke that Portland signed Carmelo Anthony. I thought this guy is at the end of his career. He's a loser. He's cocky. The way he acted in New York was embarrassing. And I, I wanted nothing to do with it. But he put his head down and played some humble, hardcore basketball and did some things I did not expect and scored 20 points in a game at times and assisted 10 assists in a game at times and rebounded 10 rebounds in a game. And I just was very surprised at the way he contributed to the Blazers team with his head down, no crap talking, and just doing what I always wanted him to do his whole career. And he finally did it his first year with the Blazers. And I was really impressed. And he likes Portland. He likes the city. He's really become a strong and good part of the organization. And I respect him for that. So I have no idea why he would even think about not playing in this new scenario where they have a chance to make the postseason. I hope he'll reconsider and he'll just put it all on the line like everyone else. I know Lillard's going to play. Damian Lillard came out to say if there was no chance for the Blazers to make the playoffs at all, he wouldn't play, which makes sense. But now that there's an eight-game, you know, entryway possibly to the postseason, Lillard's on point, Lillard's on deck, he's playing. You know, Yusuf Nurkic and Zach Collins are back. C.J. McCollum, Carmelo Anthony, Hassan Whiteside. The list goes on. The team is ready. Rodney Hood, I mean... This is an all-star sounding team, and I fully expect to see Melo out on the floor with these guys, and I cannot wait for July 31st to kick off the end of this NBA season. I know we're all thinking, when will Disneyland reopen? Everything else is starting to reopen, you know, but they have high standards at Disney. But I'll tell you, they are planning a reopening, a phased reopening, so this, this has stipulations involved, of course, but a phased reopening on July 17th of Disneyland in Anaheim to commemorate the 65th anniversary of its opening on that date, 65 years before. Yeah, so I know that people have been waiting a long time. They're, they're sick of this waiting but of course, they want to be safe. They don't want to get sick at the park. You know, there's high chance of that happening if there's too many people. So Disney's pulling out all the stops, you know, metaphorically speaking, and making people get their temperatures checked, wear a mask, stay socially distanced, and have stormtroopers from Star Wars land enforce the social distancing. 
which is hilarious because most of the time you'd see a stormtroopers in Star Wars land or something and you would want to run up and get a picture taken next to them. You're like, hey, take my pic next to the stormtrooper. It's so cool. I can't believe Star Wars land is a real thing. I'm a big fan personally. I love Star Wars. Love them all. I think all the movies are great. Although the one with little Anakin and, you know, Jar Jar Binks and all that weird stuff is not one of the greater ones, but it's still a good movie. All of them are great. And, you know, I am a fan of the books, the comics, the the clothing, the everything, you know, just the futuristic mindset of it. I just love Star Wars, and I think it would be great to get a picture next to a Stormtrooper. But in this new phased reopening, do not go near the Stormtroopers. They are there to enforce social distancing, and they are there not to be stood next to or a picture having taken with them or anything. They will be upset if you try and do this. So also characters that are there in the park whatsoever, there's probably not going to be any, but if there is, you're not supposed to take pictures with them or hug them or get anywhere near them. The people in these outfits are putting their lives on the line to make you enjoy Disneyland once again. And with the phased reopening, they're only going to allow a certain capacity, you know, each day. So it's going to be hard to get in anyways. I'm sure annual pass holders might have maybe a one-up on their chance to get in just because they've been screwed this whole time paying for their passes and not being able to go in. That's crazy. I don't know how that even works, but they better extend the passes for free. Either way, Disneyland reopening July 17th, phased reopening, temps being taken at the front, you know, face masks required, all that jazz. Probably not as many food places open inside, I'm sure. And if there are, they're going to have the plexiglass, you know, separations and maybe less menu items available and things of that nature. But it doesn't matter. It's still Disneyland. People are going to go. If you have stock in Disney, expect it to go up starting mid-July and continue for a while as the phased reopening gets, you know, a little more laid back. And eventually, hopefully by next year, there won't be any sort of requirements like there used to be, except to go there with money and spend a bunch of it, because everything's expensive. I mean, a cup of coffee at a regular Starbucks can be a few bucks. At Disneyland, you're spending 10 You know, a turkey leg at a carnival or a fair can usually run about 5 At Disneyland, it's like 15 You know the prices are high. You know you're going to spend money. But I don't even know if they'll have those little vendors selling turkey legs and things like that in the beginning phased reopening. So bring yourself a sack lunch, you know, stay away from everyone else. And I'm not really sure why you'd want to enjoy Disneyland that way. But if you must, go out there, go on a couple rides and enjoy the reopening. Now, a lot of people wonder this and I was talking to my sister-in-law about it and the question is up in the air, should you add milk to your scrambled eggs? A lot of people do. Now, I think for, for the most part, people add milk as a filler to make it a little more eggs than they had before, or they do it because of the natural fats in the milk can help keep the eggs from sticking to a pan, but that just means your pan is too hot. Put your Set your stovetop to medium. You know, and then put your pan on there with a decent amount of butter or some nonstick spray. And if you whip your eggs up enough without any milk, they'll be nice and fluffy. And I like to add a little paprika to mine. 
salt and pepper, obviously, and as long as as you cook them, you move them around a significant amount while they're cooking with a spatula, they won't stick to the pan no matter what, they'll remain fluffy, and take them off when you still see a tiny bit of moisture or wetness in the eggs, because they'll continue to cook for about a minute after you take them off the stovetop and put them onto a plate, and then they'll be perfectly fluffy, and there won't be any crisp, overcooked edges, and that is a perfect batch of scrambled eggs. I don't think it needs milk. I never use it. I'm not a fan of milk anyways. That's one of the reasons. But I just want the flavor of eggs only when I'm eating eggs. I don't personally prefer scrambled eggs over a over medium egg or even sunny side up if, if that's a must. But, you know, if I'm making eggs for my kids, they love them scrambled. They prefer it that way. And I do it every time. The pan is basically clean by the time I'm done putting the eggs on a plate. There's no remnants of the eggs stuck to the pan. You know, there's no sides of it that I have to soak in water in order to get them off of there. Plus, I use a non-stick pan, so that's kind of a given as well. But I'm telling you, scrambled eggs do not require milk. It's a waste. Doesn't make any sense. If, you, if you've done it your whole life and you're used to it, continue your ways, whatever. But... I prefer milkless scrambled eggs. There, I said it. Folks, it's time for the portion of the Peter Gabbett podcast we've all been waiting for, and that is Real Stories, brought to you by me, Peter Timothy Hankst, and Barbecusion, that's B-B-Q-U-S-I-O-N, and actually brought to you by Christopher Connors, because he reminded me of this story that I had basically forgotten out of my memory, and I don't know how the brain works. It's kind of funny to think about, but... When he brought up details of this memory, it was like I remember it happening yesterday. But somehow it was lost in my mind somewhere, and I never thought about it, which is crazy how that works. You know, I just don't get it. But I'm glad he reminded me of it because it was a fantastic time, and today I'm going to tell you the story about when I drank with a bunch of rednecks in the woods and had a blast. Now, when I was about maybe 14, me, Chris Connors, a couple other friends. It must have been probably Amanda Marquez and, you know, maybe some other people, but the three main important people that I remember is me, Chris, and Amanda. And we went out to the beach and we were looking for a hotel. There was nothing, there was nothing. And we ended up finding a camping spot that was free, but was in the middle of nowhere, and I don't even know how we found it, and it was just down some random dirt road. This happens a lot in Oregon. Probably not as much nowadays, but back in the day, it totally did, because there wasn't people out there regulating as much. You could just travel and camp wherever you went. And so we went out this crazy little dirt road in the middle of nowhere out by the beach, and there was nothing out there. You know, I don't even know how we saw with her headlights where we were going, but we somehow found a spot that seemed like a reasonable camping spot. And in the distance, as we started to fire and started partying, we saw another fire and heard voices. And we thought, well, this is crazy. It looks like there's actually some other people out here camping right now. Let's go find out what's happening. Now, it's a good thing we did this because by the time we had set up camping and we had gotten our little fire going and we had all got ready to have a good night, really didn't have much booze to drink. We maybe had like not even a fifth, which we had drank half of it on the way. 
and drank the other half when we got there, and, you know, the party was already over for us. Or so we thought. Little did we know that we were about to have an absolute blast just because we were so social that we couldn't resist finding out who was partying around the way from us in the woods in this distant light that we saw. So we, you know, waddled our way through this deep wooded area and we get to this camp where there's like 15 rednecks. You know, some of them are gals, some of them are dudes. All of them are hardcore rednecks that even had like thick accents, which is weird because to be honest, in Oregon, people really don't have an accent. I have an Oregon accent, and a lot of people say I sound like I'm from the East Coast, so I don't know how that's possible or how those things mix or overlap, but I definitely have an Oregon accent. I'm from there. I enunciate my words. That is how I speak, and so I don't know how these people had such a thick accent. They were rednecks to the fullest degree. Perhaps they were travelers, but either way, they welcomed us with open arms. They loved having us there. We sat in this giant circle around their bonfire and they passed around a couple of half gallons that everybody was to take a swig of. I think one of them was moonshine. And, you know, each time you'd get the half gallon past you, you didn't want to look like a bitch, so you would take a sip. And after a few rounds of this, I was hammered drunk. And that is one of the reasons why it's hard for me to re to remember all this without the details being described to me by my my friend Chris, who reminded me of it last night, to be honest. We were talking about things, and he's like, hey, remember that time we drank the Rednecks? One of the things I specifically remember about that night is a saying that to this day I still use, and I don't know why it is even a saying, or if it is, or if this guy made it up, but either way, I loved it, and I kept it with me for the rest of my life, and I still to this day use it, and... I was complaining about something to one of the rednecks and it was just like this or that or whatever sucks. And I remember him saying, well, that's better than a slap to the belly with a wet trout. And I thought to myself, who has ever been slapped in their belly with a wet trout before? How is, has that ever happened to any person on the planet? And if it has, it would suck. I'm not going to lie because now your belly got slapped and you smell like fish. But, I mean, those things don't even go together. I have no idea what that was or how that was a real saying. But it stuck with me that night. I said it over and over in my mind a thousand times. And I laughed my ass off when I heard it. And I even told the guy, I was like, that's unlike any saying I've ever heard. And I'm going to steal this from you and use it for some reason. I don't even really know what it means either. But I guess if you're in a rough predicament, you got to remember... You're probably still better off than somebody who got a slap to the belly with a wet trout. Now, regardless of any of that, I had a blast with these rednecks. And now that I'm reminded of the scenario, I know that I was smiling ear to ear the whole time. They made me laugh. They were so funny. And one of the memories Chris had about them was that they were listening on repeat to the song by Andre Nicotina, Ayo for Yayo. Now, I didn't see him doing any cocaine. I'm not sure they did that type of stuff. Anyway, they just seemed like some old school from the South, maybe rednecks who had like a really deep accent. But they loved that song and it played over and over and they were satisfied with that. And, you know, that's one of the things that does remind me of it and makes me, you know, because sometimes I, I hear about a memory. Somebody like, hey, remember that time we did this? 
And if I don't recall a single actual detail myself, then it's hard for me to believe it really happened. But the AO for Yayo portion and the slap to the belly with the wet trout and the redneck sitting in a circle passing around these bottles, I'll never forget that now that I was reminded of it by Chris, and I'm so glad I was. It was a great time, and they were such awesome people, and it really changed my perspective of you know, rednecks in that way. And I know it's a derogatory term, so I shouldn't keep calling them this, but they totally were. I mean, they they called themselves rednecks. They were like, hell yeah, you came into the right redneck camp. We're going to have a good time. Woo-wee. I mean, these guys, they lived that title to the f- fullest degree, and I respected it, and I had a blast with them. I'll never forget it. And the lesson to be learned here is to never be too quick to judge Because I admit, when I first walked up to this camp and I saw, you know, these guys were all kind of fat-bellied dudes, you know, beards. I was thinking, ah, this is kind of sketch. I don't know how they're going to treat us. I don't know if we'll be welcome here. And they were the most welcoming group of people I think I've ever met to this day. They showed us such a good time. We all had so much fun. I never wanted to leave their camp. And I just cherish that memory greatly. And I thank you, Chris Connors, for reminding me of it. And I thank you, folks, for listening to the Peter Gabbett Podcast today. It means the world to me to have listeners like you. I appreciate each and every one of you. Enjoy yourselves today. Have a wonderful day. And I will talk to you tomorrow. Now, I'm going to be honest, folks. I don't prefer Andre Nicotina very much. But that's fine. You know, that AO Free AO song, it'll always be embedded into my mind. But also embedded into my mind, that's a song from around that same genre, is Twista and the Speed Knot Mobsters' Legit Ballers. And that is what these rednecks were in my mind. They were legit ballers, doing what they want to do. And this song came to my mind, even though they were playing A.O. for Yale on repeat, which I can't stand, so I'm not going to play that for you. So here's a different song, one that I love and will always be a part of my memory. Legit Ballers by Twista and the Speed Knot Mobsters. Once again, another tracks production. Fresh for the 9A. Mobster Elites. Ain't it a shame how we make ballin' look so sweet? Especially when you ain't gotta hide your shit. You know what I'm saying? You can just ball for free. Campaign to your nation. In the legit demonstration. Ain't got a face of consolation And yo, Liffy Stokes, let them know what's happening a nigga been hustling so long, I knows I've done so much wrong I was 16 grown and holding chrome, serving blows, we eating zones My moms didn't understand me, well you gon' die just like your daddy From two to the head, dumped in the riverbed, I done mean I hurt you so badly I was young and dumb, fast like sprung, off the money and hoes that it brung Had a clip full of hollows to bring your mama sorrow, but now I regret what I've done Drummers all in the game, but the game banger slang I had to do my thing, when the shots rang, that's when it clicked in my brain All this shit's the same, my nigga Need a change. I had to get up off these streets to get you out your seat. Flip a tracks beat, hit the crib and puff on the sweet, and manifest something deep, deep so the realest can feel. How I felt right before I bust that seal, rapping about my life a skill and the everyday struggles of a nigga in the chill. Come on, to take a look, trip with the legit ball. Shot, shot, call, shot, shot the corner, that's right. Tigers wetter than the walls, and bitches in the back, in the pocket for the slack, take a match, and spark up a little buddy. Take a little trip with the legit ball Shot, shot, call, shot, shot, shot the corner, let's swing 
Tigers well up in the walls Some bitches in the back In the pocket full of scratch Took a match and Spark up a little bud And get blown My best pleasure to become my pain Singing tapes of cane The road to riches seems longer than a freight train And every little stop give a nigga time to plot On the paper you didn't gain until you drain But I put that on the boat I'ma blow till ain't got no choice I better get no voice And still by that time I hope to write enough rhymes To own the fleet of real estate with the roads worse Rolling deep through these shot town streets So my mom still leads on the way to the Riverside Mall Giving thanks to the all for giving me a legit way to ball And keep it shit tight for y'all Come on and take a look, trip the legit ball Shot, shot, call, shot, 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 shot Tigers wetter than the walls. Two bitches in the back and I pack up on the scratch like a match. Spark up a little bud and get blown. Come on, I take a little trip with the legit ball. Shot, shot, call. Shot, shot, call. Let's sway. Tigers wetter than the walls. Two bitches in the back and I pack up on the scratch like a match. Spark up a little bud and get blown. In the scuffs with the air full of rocks in my pocket Nickel sacks in the other P -p Propose a watch, can't stop, it's hot But I gotta make a profit For my baby, I'm a mother Straight up hustler What's the mental frame of mind? A nigga had to have the road He sold a B-Po up in the city streets Or with a pistol playing Mr. Repo Fuck Debo, I explode like C-Fo So give me 50 feet Bustin' shots in every direction A nigga stopping my money from getting made I done witness public aid People get sprayed, the tip raised And mama cry my bills can't get paid If I have to, I'ma see cheese from blows Nobody can hurt me, I'm with thirsty breeze GDs and foes Working in spot cause we need some clothes Who never thought I'd be making money off of my CDs and shows My crib got Gats in the hall, racks that he crawl Workers coming out the cracks in the wall On the tip, bust it with my back to the wall Work my way up to an ounce and now I'm back to a ball Now I'm spinning stacks at the mall In the blocks on Bobby's hoping my profits stack a bit taller Twist the AKA the bitch caller Bringing money to the mob just to be a pimp shit talker Come on and take a look, trip with the legit ball Shot, shot, call, shot, 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 I'll let you, Joe. Hey, what's up, Joe? What up, Nick? Hey, man, I just hit a sweet-ass lick on these rapping motherfuckers, man. I took some shit from these niggas, man. What's hey, let me stick you up, man. You still work for that nigga? Yeah. Man, let me stick you and shit. We can split that shit 50-50. You can get the shit I took from them man, niggas and Joe. everything. I don't know, man. Man, what? fuck all. Well, let that nigga ain't paying dope. you no cheese, man. Hey, Joe, ain't that twister right there? Where, where, where? Right there, Joe, right there. Hey, look out, look out, look out, look out. Look out. <laughs> 